So everybody knows that Facebook is the single best platform to spend money on to blow up your business. If you want to grow your brand, there is quite literally no better platform. Facebook's number one objective is to show you everything you want and then show you the next thing. Facebook knows so much about people. I know, I know. Content is everything and all you need is the best ad or just the next thing and your ROAS is gonna be great and you'll be able to scale to the moon and that cost cap campaign's gonna last for another five or 10 days and you can surf the budget and it's gonna be great right up until you realize that all of that is complete nonsense and Facebook isn't 2015 anymore and basically all of that advice is only taught to you by people that profiteer off the ability to spend your money, take credit for your upside until your business burns to the ground, but they don't care about you because they deal in volume. We're gonna break all of that down today and so much more. This is the second part in our series about how Facebook works. This is content does the targeting. So the unfortunate truth is you're probably still using Facebook like it's 2015 and it's wasting your money and costing you your future. So in our last video of this series, we talked about Facebook's business model so that you can understand how Facebook works. And we're gonna continue that lesson today with content does the targeting. And we're gonna dive into a few things that you need to know. First, audiences don't work like you think they do. Second, data costs money. And third, better impressions are cheaper to buy. All right, with that being said, let's take a quick break and we're gonna dive into it. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, thank you so much for being here. I uh, just wanted to pop in for a quick second and I know I usually say, hey, like and subscribe to the video, but instead, we're gonna start a new thing. Up here, you're gonna see this wonderful QR code. This is so you can check out the Facebook Ads MBA program. If you're out of a three or $10 million business and you wanna own everything because you're sick and tired of paying like protection money to ad agencies that don't care about you, or if you're a media buyer that wants to be elite and earn a six-figure income part-time, or if you just wanna be in a position where you're in complete control instead of trusting your future to people that have never run a business that don't give a damn about you, there's literally no better investment you could make. Just check it out. It's gonna go away in just a second. If you like it, hit pause, scan the thing, let's go. And with that being said, let's get back to the video. Hello, back to our show. All right, so let me give you a little bit of a history lesson of what Facebook looked like in 2015. Facebook at the time was basically just a dumb version of Google Display. We had affinity audiences, which is where interest groups come from. Now, interest groups were introduced in 2012 and 2013 into Facebook. And it was specifically to make Google advertisers feel more comfortable on the platform. And we're seeing a lot of that happen now with Advantage Plus and with CostCap, which is basically a way to make people who are good at Amazon and Google also use Facebook in the same way. Again, you're not gonna grow your business, but you're gonna really profitably spend the little bit of budget you have by basically making the platform look good and you can sell a whole bunch of different SKUs. Look, if you got 500 bucks a day max and you don't wanna scale the business and you wanna protect your job by making the ROAS look as good as possible, those are the right tools. If you wanna say, I don't want 500 bucks a day, I wanna be able to spend 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 you're never gonna get there by using those tools because you're only ever trying to steal attention from your total adjustable market. You don't own the business, you're basically just a salesperson. And 
Facebook's been doing that for a long, long time to help people feel more comfortable with the platform. How many times have Facebook just totally adopted something somebody else is doing? The pay for premium version that uh, Elon introduced into Twitter, which is now X if you want to call it that, a uh, premium subscription. Everybody hated it. Facebook jumped on board. Nobody said boo. And then uh, Snapchat and TikTok, we have Reels and Stories, same thing. Facebook is very good at adopting things so that people feel more comfortable on Facebook. Because if you remember from Facebook's business model, it's the retention of attention for profit. They want you to stay on Facebook for as long as possible and to come back as often as possible. More time per session, higher frequency of sessions. That's how their business works. So the other things that we saw in 2015 was act-alike audiences on Google was lookalike audiences on Facebook. Now, full disclosure, act-alike audiences was Google making their first attempt at ripping off Facebook, which we now see basically every social media platform doing, trying to figure out how to make fraud work. The sad part is if you combine everything that Amazon and Google have on everybody, it's a fraction, an infinitesimal fraction of the information that Facebook does. And what's most important here is that delivery was based on bids and distribution was essentially random. And you see a lot of people trying to hack Facebook these days by talking about bids. And this is just Google and programmatic native thinking applied to a platform and Facebook's made it easy for these marketers to feel more comfortable. We just call it cost cap. But it's not how Facebook was designed to be used. And if you're successful there, that's because your definition of success is probably far worse than you deserve. So let's get into what it looks like starting in 2018. This is the introduction of advanced matching and broad, the world's smartest machine. Now in our last video, which you can click right here to link to go and see, and it's got this thumbnail. Uh, on that video, we broke down the real world exercise of how advanced matching actually works and why the idea of Facebook needs time to learn about the customer is complete nonsense and why the idea of you got to use targeting is completely stupid and why your CPA and CPMs continue to go up even though you're doing everything you're supposed to do. If you're actually doing it right, it has never been cheaper, it has never been easier, and it has never been more stable. If you're doing things wrong, well, nothing could be further from the truth for you. Advanced matching is the brain behind broad targeting. It uses an enhanced and shared database of all user data and all ad accounts to enhance what content people see. Now back in the day, you used to actually be able to turn this thing on in the Power Five that we in the Facebook Disruptor Group back and shout out to those that were built to break in like 2017, 2018. Uh, we probably made friends there. Uh, I was the asshole that won the free purple mattress. Now it's just automatically ticked on. I don't think you can actually not select it. But basically it says all the information that your pixel has is able to access all the information that every pixel has. And all the user base information for billions of users across trillions of data points across every single touch point that Facebook has. Whether it's device based, i.e. your geolocation, your Bluetooth, and your proximity to all of the other devices and locations and people in the world, plus everything you're doing on Messenger and WhatsApp and Instagram and Facebook. We also have to remember that broad is a noun. It's not an adjective. You can't have a broad interest group. The people that say that are also the kind of people that use the terms like LLA for lookalike. It means they learned from people that didn't know what they were talking about. LLA, by the way, is sourced from the old like Ty Lopez's of the world. Facebook engineering team uses the term LAL. 
If somebody says LLA, you probably have an idea that where they learned from was pretty bad information. Maybe they're good at it, maybe they're not, but the etymology of their knowledge is heavily, heavily questionable at best. The point is broad is age, gender, and location. Everything else that you can do costs extra. Now, what's really important is that audiences don't work like you think they do. So first, interest groups. You've been told a lie that an interest group means, oh, you're interested in something. People like something. They want, they want to know more about it. That's completely wrong. All an interest group means is that you used words, visited pages, and places correlated with data to something. And generally speaking, at best, they're like 65% accurate. Collegiate studies have been done for years and years and years about just how inaccurate interest groups are. And the honest truth is, there's a reason that nobody's at the wheel in designing this tech, and they haven't been for years now. Basically, when advanced matching came on, they cut bait on the engineering team that's updating interest groups. It's just tech that's older than a PS4 that just still exists. And we also have to understand something. Interest groups do have value. When I was spending a million dollars a day on Facebook, I would use a ton of interest groups because, for instance, on CBS, I want to be able to order a bunch of advertisers and say people interested in all of these things are interested in our content and I can point to the data. And I can spend a million a day to promote Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy and then sell that information for 50 million in advertising. That's a tremendous, tremendous profit margin. But it also means that people using these things generally, because remember, DTC and SaaS is a very, very, very tiny little infinitesimal piece of this money that's getting spent on Facebook. The people that really spend all the big bucks don't give a damn about making money. They're using this for market research. The other type of audience that you've been told by people that, again, don't know what they're doing is that lookalikes are basically just super focused versions of the best types of people, which again, is completely wrong. Think of a lookalike not as a 1% of all the best types of people based on the however many data points you gave it. It's a 99% exclusion of your total addressable market based on information that you probably don't trust. It's extraordinarily low integrity data that you're using based on attributed actions or something to try to find more people that look like this. Oh, I've got a thousand admin cards. Go find me two million people. I, 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 it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you do that? Why would you say based on a thousand people that didn't want to buy my product, I want you to exclude 99% of my total addressable market and I want to pay extra for that. Remember that this is not based on attention or macro behavior. It's based on a single data point and then extrapolating that single data point out to an entire customer profile to make massive exclusions that you pay extra for. And the big argument against it is, well, my lookalikes and my interest groups get a better ROAS. Sure, because they generally index lower in the funnel because they're doing way more retargeting, which means they're also taking credit for the same sale as email and TikTok and organic and CRM. Like, remember, the higher the frequency, the lower in the funnel an ad is the less incremental that result is to the overall business. If you look at lookalikes, you'll notice that basically the smaller the lookalike, the higher the frequency, generally the higher the CPM, and oh, look at that, the higher the efficiency. 
temporarily. Those ads don't stay good. That audience fatigues. Those ads fatigue. Fatiguing audiences and ads is nothing more than operator error. So let's look at another one. Retargeting, these people are almost ready to buy. No, no they're not. That is horribly, awfully wrong thinking. The overwhelming majority of people in your retargeting audience have already made the decision to not buy. Let's say you're doing amazing, like a 10% conversion rate from your retargeting audience. That means that 90% of your money is spent pissing people off. And not only that, but you're paying way more money to reach a much smaller group of people where you're pissing off the vast majority of them and you're not spending that money reaching a lot of other people that actually want to talk to you. So you're saying, instead of growing my business, let me just make really bad user experiences for a very small group of people. And the wins I get are far less incremental to my overall business. So I'm gonna make way less money by pissing off people at a higher level. I'm gonna pay more money to do that in a way that also means I don't grow the business. That's dumb. That's, that's like really bad business. And let's break down the last one, broad targeting. You're told all the time, well this is no targeting at all. That's again, just totally wrong. Broad isn't no targeting. Broad is a lack of exclusions placed on your ads, which basically means your content gets the ability to be shown to the best quality people at the right time for the lowest price. Why pay extra to prevent those people from seeing your content? Why are you paying a premium to make sure that your ads get shown to worse people more often? and that the best people never get to see it. Why are they using audiences at all? Two more points I wanna make here. Number one, data costs money. Guac is extra. Facebook isn't just providing you these interest groups out of the goodness of their heart, no. This is information that comes from a third party source, right? Now you've got Shopify audiences and data logics groups and all sorts of other things. But remember, what you're doing is saying Facebook, in your infinite wisdom, I wanna make sure that the vast majority of people that wanna see my content don't. Now what I wanna do is pay extra, and I wanna pay you to pay somebody else. So I'm gonna give you like a middleman fee so that I can get low quality based information from a third party. Like that doesn't make any sense because nothing that's gonna come from that data is gonna help Facebook's ability to show somebody content they want to see. And they might say, well, that's just finding me the people that are in market, okay. But if they were in market and wanted to buy and like your content at broad, you're gonna show your ads to them higher in the feed and for cheaper. And you're also not going to pay extra to restrict the profits that come from search and Amazon and email and SMS, CRM advertising or direct organic. You're not gonna cap off the far more profitable channels by massively restricting the scope of the funnel and paying a premium to do it. The last thing you have to understand here is that better impressions are cheaper to buy. Facebook wants people to stop, lean in. They literally want you to be like, oh, this is dumb, this is dumb, oh my God, what is that? Like, that's what they want. It's literally called a lean in experience. That's the technical term. I think it's Greek or Latin or something, lean in. Uh, don't quote me on that. If your content does a worse job at making that happen than somebody else's, you're gonna pay more money than they are to get that content shown. Remember, Facebook's business model, the retention of attention for profit. They want people on the platform for longer 
and then they have positive experiences, so they come back more often. If your content is a direct liability to the bottom line of your business partner, they're going to react by charging you more money. And that's not all. We also have to remember that the average person swipes the height of the Eiffel Tower on a daily basis. An Eiffel Tower of these stacked up. That's the average person's social media experience. Now, I gave a very bad visual just then. If you noticed, here going up. Really the way it works is you scroll the content at the top and then you go down in the feed. Here's the thing. The content that showed at the top of the feed, that's content that Facebook knows you want to see. That content, higher quality. Above the fold is earned. It's also a lot cheaper. Generally speaking, retargeting audiences, lookalike audiences, interest groups, where you're giving people a bad user experience, a standard operating procedure, because your way of making money on the internet is telling Facebook to go f themselves. Young man, I have had it. Your ads get shown lower. So it's not the third piece of content that somebody sees on the platform. It's like the 20th or something 15 minutes into a doom scroll. And it's more expensive. Don't mistake the fact that you have more omni-channel crossover of people that are further down the funnel with Facebook being more effective to grow your business. That's where basically everybody that preaches ROAS gets it wrong. That's where everybody that says, well, this audience is better, gets it wrong. For those economy nerds, Facebook is a game theory economy based on the currency of attention. And the way you make more money is to earn better attention and you get given that attention at a reduced rate. Basically, here's the thing. If people want to see your content, Facebook's gonna show it to them earlier in their feed. And if there's more people that want to see your content, Facebook's gonna charge you less to reach those people. A CPM is a tax. If your CPMs are too high, the fix is making content that people want to see or to remove targeting. Win the meritocracy game and literally every other hack in the world becomes obsolete. And based on this lesson alone, the idea of using retargeting or interest groups or lookalikes becomes stupid. Hey! Where is this coming from? The idea of creative testing a lot of things becomes a really bad one. Because also, every time you launch a new ad, you know what that ad doesn't have on it? A bunch of lessons to understand, well, who likes this content and who doesn't? A mediocre ad based on good quality of data will massively crush the world's best ad if the data integrity and the account structure behind it is absolute trash. If you're using cost caps and Advantage Plus and retargeting and lookalikes and interest groups, your ads are going to fatigue and your CPAs are gonna go up and your CPMs are gonna go up. If you say I don't need to play that game because I actually give a damn about my customer and about my business partner, you're gonna beat all of the hacks that use hacks every single day and you're gonna win by growing your business and paying less money to acquire a higher quality customer. That's what this is all about. I hope this makes sense. If you have any questions, go ahead and drop them down in the comment section below. I'm here to help. Like this is what this is all about. We're teaching you how Facebook works. And we've got one other session that's gonna be coming up uh, shortly after this. And if it's on a playlist, hey, you're gonna see it. And if you are watching this live, go ahead and hit like and subscribe and the bell so you don't miss it because next week, we're gonna get to the third part of this lesson. We're gonna begin to cover machine learning. Basically, everything you're gonna to need to know about artificial intelligence and compounding data. I'm not talking about ChatGPT. ChatGPT is small potatoes. I'm gonna teach you how Facebook works when it comes to the data integrity and how you can make mediocre ads that don't fatigue 
the backbone of your business that grows exponentially every single year while all of your competitors continue to try to make the next trendy ad and prioritize the destruction of data and hacking Facebook as a way to look better and better while their clients look worse and worse until eventually the brand goes out of business or fires the agency. There's a reason why people that adopt Facebook this way, why the folks that have joined the Facebook Ads MBA program, there's that QR code again. There's a reason why 90 to 95% of them are successful. And there's a reason why 90 to 95% of clients that join the agencies that don't think like this fail. I had an agency owner say to me, maybe a client that hires three agencies and fails, maybe it's some culpability on the client. And you know what? He was right. At some point, it is the client's responsibility to know that he continually hires people to do work for him that don't give a damn about his business. The reply I did not give that person in person because I'm trying to be nicer was that I also think there's some culpability on the agency that's doing the work to not take the business of somebody without a confidence in their success rate and without a respect for their bottom line. Because if we fail, it's their fault. That lack of accountability, that lack of integrity, well, it's doing harm to thousands of people around the world every year. And honestly, millions, because there are jobs at stake. And with that being said, uh, the next video is probably the most important one in the series. So stick around, share this one with your friends, comment if you have any other questions. Don't forget to use CharlieBot and look at the links down below for all the other things. And until next time, I'll see you on the internet. Bye.